Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee. Of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. been on one hell of a roll lately and we are back once again this week to bring you the rock this is the decibel geek podcast we want to talk about it with you my name is aaron camaro and i'm always joined by my awesome friend chris sinzak what's going on brother not much glad to be here uh we're gonna do an all kiss version of new noise today oh boy yeah i heard you guys did something like this on friday night but (laughs) you know i just moved for one, and I've had zero time to keep up with anything, and I wasn't able to participate on Friday night, so I missed out. So this is our chance. You know, I don't know. Talk some Kiss. We haven't done that in a minute. We've been doing Albums Unleashed after Albums Unleashed. I did this on Friday with Rock and Ron, and then we had some some special guests. We had Pete Kuhn show up and uh, our good friend Victor Ruiz show up, but I was like, I gotta get Camaro's take on these Kiss stories, so it made sense to do it on the podcast, too. Well, and it makes sense to me because it gives me a chance to get all caught up on my KISS news, along with everybody else that's listening today. So we'll have fun with that. we got to take care of the business. So let's get it out of the way right now. We've got an Apple podcast review. I love these so much. I love it when you guys give them to us because we need them to help us in the rankings. There's something crazy going on with the (laughs) rankings right now that I don't understand, but we need the support for sure. And this is the perfect way to do it great example apple podcast review right here five stars the title is sinzak and camaro stole my brain nice this has got to be good goes like this check out this podcast if you like talking rock music hearing cool interviews and discovering new bands decibel geek needs to be on your subscription list no doubt if i had known chris and aaron when we were kids we would have definitely have traded some cassette tapes. I bet we would. There's a lot of people that listen to this show that know exactly what he's talking about. That comes to us from Addicted to Picto from Apple Podcasts right here in the USA. Thank you for that, man. Very awesome. Great review. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So you guys want to help us out? You want to leave us a review? Real simple. There, You can do it on Apple Podcasts, just like this one. You can do it on Podchaser, which is a very cool website that reviews podcasts and allows people to even break it down and do individual episode reviews. So if you really like to hear us talking about KISS, 
and you want everyone to know about it, you can review this episode on Podchaser. And, of course, we're always up for a good recommendation on the Facebook. So you want to do one of those three things, man, you know we love it a lot, and we sure do appreciate it. Everybody that's done it, we thank you. Do it again. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, and you know, the last two weeks have been really amazing. You know, to get yeah. uh, to do albums unleashed on Blue Murder and Holy Diver with you know Carmine and Vinny, that's like a dream come true for both of us. Oh, for sure. To uh, you know, we don't take that lightly. And and a lot of you guys really enjoyed it, and we certainly enjoyed it. And um, super stoked to meet both of those guys at Rock and Pod. And we've got some special stuff we're planning with both of them. So. Um, Go to rockandpod.com, get your tickets. You want to join us in Nashville this year. And, you know, I, I push this to a lot of the other podcasts and radio shows that are coming to the expo. We want to have a good turnout for Decibel Geek because Aaron and I, no doubt, will at one point get up on stage and we will handle in one of the interviews on stage. So yep. it would mean a lot to us if Decibel Geek listeners were in the audience. So we want to have a good turnout. So please come to Rock and Pod this year and, and meet us. Yeah, if you like listening to the show on your podcast playing machine, then imagine how much you're going to love it when you're sitting in the audience and we're up on stage talking to somebody awesome, probably doing an Albums Unleashed more than likely. You can be there with us. You can have a beer with us. You can hang out, stay in the same hotel as us. It's all right there. You can get discounted rooms at rockandpod.com. That's August 6th through the 8th right here in Nashville, Tennessee. The night before, we're doing a rare hair set where... You you just don't know. You know, there's so many awesome guests and so many people coming to this thing. You don't know who's gonna be up on stage Even I doing don't know. what. Yeah, it's it's like a super awesome <laughs> rock and roll mystery that reveals itself in real time right in front of your eyes. I mean, last time we saw Michael Sweet up there. Well what did he do? I ain't talking about love by That's Van right. Halen. And he also did Soldiers Under Command. So yeah, but to see him up there doing Van Halen you know, you go to a Striper show, odds are they're not going to bust out a Van Halen song. But you just never know what you're going to find in one of these rare hair sets. And that's not even all of it, because Ron Keel's going to be doing stuff. We've got Resistant Bite, those are good friends of the show. Of course, Tommy Skeo from Tesla, his new band, which is freaking awesome. It's going to be a huge coming out party for them, because they've got all the songs, man. They've got them all. We've got to hear one, and it was amazing. But they're bringing them all out that night. So it's going to be awesome for that band to reveal itself that night as well. And then, of course, the next day, Saturday, it's Rockin' Pod all day long. All your favorite rock podcasts from all over the country coming to Nashville. They're going to be interviewing people. They're going to be talking to their friends. They're going to be talking to their fans. They're going to be hanging out, having a good time. There's rock stars everywhere. They're signing autographs, doing interviews up on stage, doing Q&As. All kinds of great stuff. You can buy your vinyl, your CDs, your posters, your T-shirts. Everything that's rock and roll is going to be there because the vendors know this ain't no Nashville country party. This ain't no hip-hop get-together. This is all about the rock and the metal. So they're leaving all the stuff that nobody cares about at home. You're not going to have to dig through a bunch of bands that you don't care about to look at the albums. Everything in there is going to be badass because everything that's going to be for sale there is going to be geared towards you. So if you got some holes in your collection that you want to fill, odds are you're going to be able to find these things, these gems, these treasures. You're going to find them at Rockin' Pod. And then the next day, well, no, that night, Golly, there's so much going on. (laughs) 
We're doing the thing with the comedians, with Courtney Cronin Dold. And Craig Gass and Don Jameson. Yeah, they're going to be doing some kind of cool, crazy thing where we watch Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park in a movie theater that serves beer, and they're going to do like the uh, Adventure Science 3000 thing. A mystery Science Theater. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> well, and I and I let me let me make note that that's only going to be available to Rock and Pod Expo ticket buyers. So that's oh, nice. going to be a, that's a private event. So the only way to get to that ticket link to buy it once we put it on sale is going to be if you're an Expo attendee. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. So then we're going to do that after Rock and Pod, but that's not it. The next day there's cool stuff going on mm-hmm. too. So. It's a big party all weekend long. It's all about rock and roll. It's all about rock and rollers. It's all about rock podcasters. It's all about rock. And we want you to be a part of it. So go check it out. Rockandpod.com. Get your hotel room. Stay right with the rest of us so we can all partay together. It's about time. We're bringing it back. And Yeah, we want a Decibel Geek contingent to show up. Yeah. We want everyone to know that we're the coolest and we have the most friends. Yeah, don't let Ian and Ralph make us look like second best. I'm the guy putting the damn thing on, guys. Come on. (laughs) They have a lot of friends. They do. Good thing we share a lot of them. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But, you know, speaking the last couple weeks, especially last week, Holy Diver, holy shit. Vinny was so cool. He delivered above and beyond what we hope for when we have a guest on to do an album's Unleashed with us. And perfect album to do with Holy Diver. Undisputedly amazing album. And, you know, told the stories, the amazing stories that went into the creation of that stuff that I never even knew. Stuff that hardcore Dio fans didn't know. So... That's a success in my book. And another reason I know it was successful is because when we put it out there on the Twitter and we put it out there on the Facebook, people will take those original posts. They'll share them. They'll retweet them. It helps us get the word out about what we're doing, and it makes them honorary Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Brad Kalmanson, Ray Kuhn, Gene Vogel, Adam Marshall, David Glenn, Darren Parkin, Chris Fretwell, Keith Rockford, Jay Sabluski, Kevin Williams, Sneed Rock, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Shay Hargett, Al Horda, Mark Allen Taylor, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Sit and Spin with Joe, Simon Cat, Alexis Comodigas, Steve Wright, Ken Mills, Mike Parnell, Samuel Wetz, Mike Tyler, Aaron Baker, Todd Cunningham, Justin Boyd, Ron Keel. Ron Keel shared it. Nice. Nate Atchison, Joe Lascon, David Cathy, Mike Moon, James West, Hakon Bergstad, Doug Fox, Tom Smoke, JJ McElhenney, JJP, Body of the Soul, Kevin's on Fire, Daniel Lee, Bill Elam, Dick Chasen, Vet Halen, Ernesto Aguiar, the Central Scrutinizer, and as always, the, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, our honorary geeks of the week. We appreciate them a lot because they went out and told everybody, hey, Vinny is on the Decibel Geek podcast. He's talking all about Holy Diver. You got to check this out. And when you do that for us, we love you so much. We're going to include you on that list. So if you know a KISS fan that wants to get caught up on all the latest happenings in the world of KISS. You can share this episode. Not only will you be helping people, you'll be making yourself an honorary geek of the week. And how cool is that? Yep. So we ready to hit some KISS news. I've got a, a few stories that'll that'll be of note to people. All right. Well, get me all caught up. Because like I said, I'm all moved into my new house. I've got the laptop sitting up on top of a couple of uh, totes. I've got the the soundboard sitting next to me on a cardboard box 
And uh, yeah, this is this is podcasting. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, are you familiar with A and E's long-running documentary series biography? Uh, yeah, they just recently were doing some on some uh, classic wrestlers like Macho Man Randy Savage That's and right. Rowdy Roddy Piper. And they usually do an amazing job on that. So yes. um, they are going to air a two-part feature on KISS, Biography Kistory, June 27th and June 28th. Oh, nice. And uh, directed by DJ Viola, the four-hour four hour documentary will chronicle KISS's 50-year history and feature interviews with Paul and Gene as well as current members Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer. Based on a press release, it's unclear if former but founding members Ace Fraley and Peter Chris were interviewed for the film. The doc will offer an in-depth look at Kiss's start in New York City's rock scene during the 70s, their rise to global fame, struggles with drugs and alcohol during the 80s, hmm, and their revival and reunion in the 90s. Kistory will also feature interviews with avowed Kiss fans like Dave Grohl, because anything you do on television has to involve Dave Grohl, and Tom Morello, as well as the band's manager, Doc McGee, and producer Bob Ezrin. So... Hmm. A&E biography kiss with the current lineup and it's not looking like Ace and Peter are going to be involved. What are your Lame. thoughts? That sucks, man. I mean, it's cool that they're doing it for one. I think that's badass. If the, if I was a kid or teenager and this came out, I'd be glued to that channel. Nothing would have kept me from being in front of the TV when this came out. Nowadays, you know, I mean, we you watch it for entertainment's sake. For somebody like us, because I mean, let's face it, we know pretty much everything about Kiss, you know. Yeah. So it ain't like there's going to be some, you know, revelations on this show no. or nothing. So you watch it for entertainment, but there's always going to be part of me because I am an Ace Fraley guy. I didn't know if you know this, but I am. I had no idea. Yeah, believe it or not, and uh, to not have Ace and Pete on it, man, that it. How can you really do that? You know, if you're then it, it, then you got to wonder: Is this just going to be the Gene and Paul story? Everything from their point of view. So we already know. Kiss started out. Gene met Paul. They hired the other two guys, and the other two guys were, yeah, you know, they were all right, I guess. And then they did <laughs> drugs, you know, and then they were shit. And then we kicked them out, you know. And then, you know, we we went through the '80s, and that was a tough time. But now, yeah. We got this band, it's Tommy, it's Eric, we got the makeup, and this is the greatest era of KISS there's ever been. I'm wondering how that's going to shake out. I mean, like, because the fact that Paul, that Tommy and Eric are involved with this tells me that they're going to try to end it on a high note for the current lineup, which is fine. You know, right. that's what they're pushing right now. Sure. But um, I don't know. I mean, like, and I think um, somebody had called Gene out on, on Twitter about, you know, how can you do this without Ace and Peter being involved? And and he said something like the explanation simple. We offered, they turned it down. See? But I think... Um, so in other words, Gene and Paul are getting paid big bucks. Ace, of course, the first thing he's going to ask is how much are these guys getting paid? Am I getting right. paid that much? You know, we're all four of us are just as equally important to this thing if you're asking for the complete kiss story and not just one side of it. Right. So I want to get paid what they're getting paid. And they probably said, well, we're, we can't pay you. We already paid them. You know, you need to come do it for free. And they said, fuck that. You know, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't know that it's about money so much as the thing is the, pro the production company behind it was involved with Gene Simmons, family jewels. 
and they were also involved with that Kisteria special they did A and E did that was god awful. So basically, Gene and Paul are a part of this. You know, they're they're not just the subjects of it; they are also a part of it. So they could sit, they could interview Ace Frehley for two days straight, and Gene and Paul get to pick the pieces that are used. That's what I think. I think they have editorial control, and that's what Ace and Peter were probably like. Uh, if those guys are calling the shots as far as what gets cut out, then we're not doing it. Right. You know, because like when we interview somebody, we edit it to make everybody sound like a million bucks. You know, they're going to, you got to, I can't, I wouldn't say that they will, but you know, if you're Ace Fraley or you're Peter Chris, you got to wonder, are these guys going to take me, you know, if like you flub your words or something, you know, where normally yeah. that would be edited out, you know, are they going to use that? Are they going to, you know, take the very worst parts of the conversation and use it to make us look stupid or discredit us? Well, I mean, you, you heard in the, the description that said drugs and alcohol abuse. I mean, who are they talking about there? Right. Of course, you know, they're going to trash Ace and Peter again for that. And they're going to make it look like that. They, and yeah, they did fire Peter, but they, that you know, if you really want to get accurate about this, they never fired Ace. Ace left both yeah. times, and they begged him to come back both times. Yeah. So I suppose know, I, like Gene's in the editing room when it's all said and done, and the Ace Frehley interviews playing, and Ace talk about, yeah, yeah, I did a lot of drugs, and then I now I'm sober. I've been sober for a long time. Gene, like, all right, cut out the sober part and just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on drugs. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be I'm on drugs. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, and, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I think Ace has, like, tried to jockey his way into trying to get back in the band for the last few years. Um, that's been pretty obvious. Yeah. But uh, I it, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to watch it like the rest of us will. And I'm the main thing I hope is that they present the band in a cool light yeah. and they're fair about it. Yeah. But. And the main thing I want to see is I, you know, I, it kind of bums me out that I don't see any mention of Bruce being interviewed for this, which tells me they're going to gloss over the eighties like they always do. But it's four hours long. I mean, I know it's like four hours though. Or are you going to, are you going to give equal time to those years? Cause that's a lot of years that they, they put out really great records in my opinion. You should. I mean, if this is supposed to be, if it's a two night documentary, you got four hours to do this thing. You should be able to get into some good details on it, you know, really get deep on it. But if you're not including any interviews with Ace or Peter, it's it's bound to be half-assed, you know? It's just bound yeah. to be. We'll see. I mean, it's... Because um... then instead of hearing Ace Fraley tell stories about himself or his experiences, you're hearing Gene and Paul tell stories about Ace Fraley and their experiences with him you know so you don't even really know you know i don't know you can't do it without the original four you just you shouldn't I me mean, you can I don't but you shouldn't so either so the next story is also a uh movie type of situation it says uh netflix is near a deal for shout it out loud a film package that aims to contextualize the iconic hard rock band kiss in the same way that bohemian rhapsody did for queen all right on According to Deadline, Netflix is, try, is tying up a deal after a bidding battle for a film that will be directed by jo, Joachim Ronning, the Norwegian filmmaker whose credits include Contigi, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Hmm. 
The film will be a co-production of Mark Canton's Atmosphere Inf- Entertainment and Universal Music Group. Shout Out Loud will have close cooperation from Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. The band's larger-than-life music will be a part, big part of the story, but the film will also focus on the duo going back to when they were troublemaking kids from Queens who formed an unlikely friendship, starting Kiss after enlisting Ace, guitarist Ace Fraley and drummer Peter Chris. Unlike traditional hair metal bands, Kiss used heavy makeup and tons of pyrotechnics to stand out. And then it goes on to a lot of stuff. This is the film is on a fast track. The band is in the midst of its end of the road tour, blah, 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 blah. So, um, biopic on kiss called shout it out loud. That's going to focus on Gene and Paul's roots. So here we go again. (laughs) Somebody's trying to control the narrative. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Why can't it just be what it would just, just the truth, you know, the good, the bad and, Ace Fraley, you know? The good, the bad, and Ace Fraley. All of it together. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, no, I'm, you know. I think, um, I think it's, in, I think, you know, a biopic could be cool, but it's also a ticking time bomb because, you know, the Queen movie and the Motley Crue movie both were full of inaccuracies. Yeah. Which this one will probably be as well. Um, the thing I loved about the crew movie, though, was that uh, there were scenes in that movie where Mick Mars would look at the camera and be like, nah, that this didn't actually happen. You know, I, I mean, if they would have some, you know, self-effacing humor like that, that would be cool. But I don't know. Like, we, you know, we talked to um, Andrew Scambatti about this, you know, like there, this could be a great thing if you would do it from all four perspectives. Let me go ahead and give my pitch for this. Okay. Do all four original members... Start with their childhoods. Start with Paul getting picked on for being the one-eared monster. With you know, he was a fat kid who had a messed up ear, got picked on. Have Gene show, start out the movie with Gene in New York Harbor, where him and his mom get off the boat from Israel. Yeah, yeah. Has to has to learn English through watching television. Have Peter Chris being you know abused and yeah, yeah, beaten by get, nuns beaten by nuns in the Catholic school have ace being like the typical fuck up that hung out at the park with his burnout other friend kids. Yeah. Yeah. Start out that way and then show how these all, all these stories come together, how they build the band. And then the movie ends when a live comes out and goes big, like just focus on three years time. Murray, give this guy a hundred thousand dollars. Get this movie made. But wouldn't that I be like bet? That would be better than going trying to go cover the whole history of the band. No, Just I really, do... I actually really, really like that concept. That is freaking awesome. I would love that. Just do it where they, you know, to where they blow up, right and then you can do point. a little prologue at the end, but like have it ended alive. You know, shit. Yeah, man, I love it. I love that idea. But they won't do that. They'll fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it'll be. Uh, or at the very least, have it end when, the you know, and like this is a thing like Alan Parker, who was putting together that you wanted the best, you got the best documentary. He was going to have the Tom Snyder appearance be like kind of the moment that everything bro- breaks, you know. Yeah. It would start out like focusing on that interview and the dysfunction of the band at that time and then go back in time and like work its way towards that 79 interview. Um, that would even be cool. But, you know, Paul and Gene, they keep trying to 
prove to everybody that the current lineup is like the best lineup and like the the longer they're going to do that the the worse they're going to be cuz like I get why they're doing it and I'm sure there's young kids that go out with their parents and grandparents to see the band now that love it but in my opinion the most fascinating story is the original band. Oh, for sure. But yeah. that's not what they're trying to sell. Yeah. And that sucks because I mean is there's nobody that's a real Kiss fan that thinks this era is the best ever. I mean, come on. You got people that love the classic stuff. You love got people that love the 80s stuff. You got people that even like today's stuff. You know, the last Sonic Boom and Monster. People like them. You know, some people don't. Some people do. But nobody says today's Kiss is the best Kiss ever. Well, Paul and Gene say that. Besides Paul and Gene. And that's <laughs> that's what scares me about the, the A&E two-night documentary and the Kiss biopic, which in themselves, great, you know. They're my favorite band. So to see them getting this kind of respect and, oh, being, cool. and being considered for these kind of things is super cool. But I don't know, man. I really like your idea. I love that. I would love that movie. Yeah, just have it in when a live breaks and then just do it that way and then you know say kiss went on to 40 plus years yeah. of success the, i want to see the the most fascinating era of kiss has got to be the the very beginning prehistory even and then getting there you know everybody knows what happens once they blew up and became you know the hottest band in the land but how cool would it be to see how you know four very different lives all in the same place all come together you know the stars align and kiss is born you know and then the clawing and the scratching just to make it you know because kiss you know they weren't an overnight success you know every, anybody that's a real kiss fan knows kiss was not an overnight success you know it took a lot of fighting you know there was a good chance that it never was going to blow up and they weren't going to be the biggest band in the world but through determination and great music and s smart business sense and, you know, street cred and just plain awesomeness, they did do it. But it wasn't an easy thing to do. That's what I'd like to see, you know, how it went from four kids to breaking into the being the biggest band on earth. Or a two-hour movie about... Mark St. John's hand arthritis. Oh, no. That would be cool, too. Oh, no. So I just fucked I took all my credibility away with that one statement. Yeah. Um, That's one name that will probably not be brought up in either one no. of those projects. <laughs> no, probably, probably not, not even once. Not even mentioned. So the, um, the next story kind of ties in with the A&E biography, but I wanted to mention it separately because it is a separate type of story. Because um, we're talking about Kiss getting back to playing live. Um they were Kiss is going to play live at the Tribeca Film Festival following a screening of the A and E documentary that's coming out in June. So they will play a special live show at an as yet undisclosed location after part one of the biography debuts. It says a uh, press release on the film and the live Tribeca show did not mention Kiss's other two original members, Ace Frehley and Peter Chris. So, um, but they're going to play at the Tribeca Film Festival. I'm wondering how that's going to go, and I wonder if tapes are going to be at the ready for Paul's vocals. Well, yeah, unless yeah. he underwent some sort of amazing magical no. surgery in this downtime. 
But there's another interesting tie-in to this performance because I don't have the dates in front of me, but you know, Kiss is scheduled to start playing Europe in June. And according to this Tribeca Film Festival thing, which happens in New York, they would be playing like England one day, Tribeca in New York the next, and Poland the next day, which basically kind of confirms that the European tour is off or going to be postponed. Hmm. So that uh, that throws a monkey wrench into their touring plans, even though they're not saying anything officially just yet. They better figure it out because they don't have a lot of time left, I don't think. you know. Well, that's one thing I'm wondering. Like, you know, they were supposed to wrap up the end of the road tour this July, which you know is not happening now. Yeah. Um, so because there's a lot of money to still be made so you know and some people are even floating the idea of what if they go into 2023 and you can say then you have the 50th anniversary tour the end of the road that never ends exactly i think we said this when they first announced the end of the road tour that this was really going to be it and it's like okay but it never ends (laughs) yeah Oh, the pandemic caused Kiss to go on even longer. Yeah. Another bad byproduct of this fucking thing. But um, we were gonna hang it up. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, I can Paul and Gene really go up on stage that much anymore? I mean, good God. Well, I was wondering about that too because there's so many, you know, great medical advances in the world nowadays. Can't they fix people's vocal cords? I don't think. I mean, I think Paul's had the surgery you're, that you're supposed to have. And, like, you know who Julie Andrews is, right? Uh, yeah, the Sound of Music lady. She got her her voice ruined by that, right? And I think the same thing happened to Paul. Hmm. He won't say so publicly, but I, I think that's what happened. Yeah. And, you know, and also, you know, he got that surgery done, and I don't think that he gave himself proper time to rest, And which if you don't give yourself proper time to rest, you'll fuck the whole surgery up. Ah. That's, I suppose, kind of like coming back from an injury too soon. His ego got the best of him on that. And the saddest thing you'll ever see is go on YouTube and look up, uh, I think it's Osaka or Tokyo. Kiss was doing a, uh, like a fan meet and greet thing during sound check before one of those shows, probably like 2014, 15. Yeah. Or maybe later. And they're doing uh, You Shook Me by Zeppelin. And Paul's trying to sing it. And Gene is like correcting him in the middle of him, Paul singing it, going, knock it off you're gonna ruin your voice and and paul's going oh this is easy and he's just wailing and sounding horrible and it kind of summed up the whole thing where paul i don't know that paul realizes how bad he sounds well he must if he's using tapes well at this point yeah but back then i don't know that he realized it he thought he could just power his way through it it's like the idea is like, oh, no, my motor's knocking in my car. Let me put the pedal to the metal and see what happens. Yeah, it doesn't work that boom. way. If, if if your voice is broken, it's broken. You know? Boom, boom. And, and I don't know. I, it's, um, you know, and some people on message boards, and, you know, I'm going to give Kiss FAQ a big shout out on this episode because I got a lot of material for this episode from that message board, and Julian Gill does an amazing job moderating that board. But, uh, I don't know. Like some people are like, Ozzy's putting out a new record. Why can't Kiss? And it's like, right. cause Paul can't fucking sing anymore. Yeah, but Ozzy's Robo Ozzy. I mean, there's studio magic that can be done. I'm sure there's got to be ways where you can. I don't know. I wish there was a way like the last Ozzy album. 
he came off so robotic in his vocals. I, well, a lot of auto tune. Well, yeah, I, but I wish there was a way to like do that without making it sound like a robot. You know, you can't though. I mean, if your voice is shot, it's shot. And like, yeah, I mean, Ozzy did that, and I kind of like Ordinary Man to a point. But I mean, you know, Kiss could do it, and they could do studio magic on Paul's voice, but. You know, unless it's going to make a lot of money, Gene and Paul don't give a damn. That like they, it stopped being about yeah. music for them a very long time ago. I know, but and really, what do the fans want? More songs written by Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley with contributions from the band. You know, it it sucks. You know, I would like to see more Kiss albums. You know, if you can give us albums better than you can concerts, then give us albums. But you know, the albums aren't what new fans are buying kiss has always been about gathering new fans and that's probably what the a and e thing is and that's probably what the biopic is oh, yeah. you know it's all about it's not going to be for us it's going to be for somebody that watches it and goes wow i've never seen this what it kiss holy shit you know yeah. and that's the way kiss has always been since i mean i guess since ace Frehley and peter chris left they had Get out there and get new fans, new fans, new fans, you know, and you kind of forget about what you got, you know. And what we want is new music written by Gene and Paul because that's what we love about Kiss the most is the music. So go write some badass rock tunes and put them on album, you know, put them on a disc, put them on, you know, Spotify, whatever, you know. Give You always talk about we give the fans what they want. It wouldn't hurt you to write new music, and you can get in the studio and make yourself sound like a million bucks. Well, at this point, I mean, I, you know, I, I used to be kind of against the whole Kiss 2.0 idea, but like at this point, I would take it if it meant that Gene and Paul would write for the new band, you know, just you so know I could what? hear their material. That would be pretty cool. You know, if they would write the songs, have a new band that's capable, record the songs. But this, it still comes back to nobody buys music anymore. Everybody yeah. streams shit now. Yeah. So it's like it, even that's ruined now. So I don't know. I mean, I you know, we'll see what happens. But to them, they're, they get their nut out of touring now. And if if things open back up where they can tour, they're going to tour. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because the road never ends. Pretty much. So uh, <laughs> are we ready for a Vinnie Vincent topic? Oh, boy. I guess. <laughs> so, Vinnie Vincent has announced the May Metal Madness show. May Metal Madness. Okay. It's the big double V triple M. <laughs> um, this is another um, poorly catered party at SIR. And... Uh, Vinny put out a statement, and of course this statement was only put out to his private group filled with sycophants, but then somebody was nice enough to put it on the Kiss FAQ message board. So do you want to hear what Vinny's statement is? Uh, I guess so. If nothing else, for entertainment's sake, let's have it. All right. It says, hey, everyone. No, I'm not going to do my <laughs> impression. Um, I'm not doing the impression. Don't do that to me when I'm in mid-drink, man. Sorry. I almost just drenched my laptop. <laughs> All right. It says, hey, everyone. I just wanted to say that Summer's Calling and the Wheels of Life are grinding out a brand new beat on May 29th, SIR Nashville at the May Metal Madness Party Show. Oh, that's two days after my birthday. This is party time, and we rock once more. This <laughs> then it highlights. This is a no-mask event. 
No so, masks will be allowed. So that's a selling point, apparently, in Vinnie Vincent land. Um, and a great time to be normal and free again. Um, it says, uh, it's going to be a great and fun show, and I'm so looking forward to seeing everyone again. It seems like forever since we've had our faces melted from the last shred with two Ds. I did want to say that the May 29th show is the last planned show for Vinnie Vincent party shows. They have been a blast, and I've enjoyed every second of every show. Hmm. And I said so many times before that I've had more fun playing at SIR for you than I've had at any show I've ever done. So Maracana Stadium in front of 250,000 people pales in comparison to playing for six people at SIR. Just saying. That's my own commentary. Um, I don't know if we're going to be getting back together after this. But this is very. This is the very last show that we have planned. The shows were never intended to schedule on a regular basis, but since we've had so much fun and enjoyment, we've kept them rotating. We've been able to do four shows, and May 29th will be the fifth, last, and last and final show planned. So if you're coming, this is the last call, as capacity is almost filled. Also, last call for guitars to be purchased from VinnieVincent.com. For in-person autographs and pictures with your guitar, this show, as wow. the others, will have food, spirits, etc., merch, signings, and music, L-O-U-D. This is made to be played at maximum volume event. Is that English? So don't miss it. As the years pass, the fond memories of this show and the past shows will bond us all and last us a lifetime. Go to VinnieVincent.com for tickets, and I'll see you all soon. In caps, real soon. Cheers, Vinnie Vincent. It's the end of the salad bar. Crummy tacos that are war- halfway warm and uh, shitty salads and Vinnie blazing all over the fretboard without direction. <laughs> Go to the SIR show. I, might, I love that he, you know, he's, he's now pulling the, this could be the last one card, which tells you it won't be. Yeah, yeah well, he's learned well from Gene and Paul. <laughs> No, of course not. That's just what you say. And then the next time it was like, it was so popular and so much demand. And when I said yeah, it was going to be the last you one, demanded people were really it. upset. So guess what? For the people. Or maybe it's all a ruse to kill his fan base because it's a no mask event. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see no real problem with that. I mean, I'm sure they're checking. I would think they check temperatures at the door and stuff. But I mean, if. If there's only six people there and everybody's got good temperatures, I don't see a problem with that. I think I heard from a reliable source that six people paid for the last one. So I don't know. We'll see. I wonder what happens if you show up and you feel like you want to wear a mask. Like, no, don't don't you read the sign? This is a no mask event. You cannot yeah, I know. wear do, that mask. Do they make you take it off? I don't know. I, it's weird. This is the only thing I the, in in the last year and a half. This is the only event I've seen where they they're, they're using the no mask event as a promotional tool. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to say about the mask. If you wear it, you wear it. If you don't, you don't. I don't care. I do what I do, but I don't care what anybody else does. But to take this and make it like a selling point for it, like. It's not good taste. I don't know about good taste. It's just a little, I don't know. little weird, you know. It's it's just a little weird. It's odd. I don't know. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I've had several friends that have gone to these shows, and 
you know, the, the reviews are mixed most of the time. People say they're fun, but um, I've had a few friends that went and said, nah, not so much. But um, I don't know. If you want to go to VinnieVincent.com to... Uh, How much are the tickets this time? It's $500, like always. Golly. You know, you can get you can go into Rockin' Pot for 20 bucks. Yeah. Just saying. August 6th through the 8th. Yep. And meet more than just Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. Yeah. And see people play full songs. <laughs> Although that is a made-to-be-played-at-maximum-volume event, according to uh, Vinny's statement. Well, so is Rockin' Pod? No, we only play at half volume. Oh, okay. Half volume. Yeah. We so he's got us beat there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maximum volume. Yeah. Maximum. All right. So uh, that's the Vinnie Vincent update. Um, Every time you so, ask Vinnie Vincent a question, he's... Yeah. Next question. <laughs> All right. So the last story for today is... Um, this is something I really didn't want to address, but I've kind of had my hand forced because... I'm an outsider to this, but I'm friendly with the guy that's in charge with this project. But and Aaron and you and I, you and I both met this person at the Atlantic Kiss Expo. Speaking of Vinnie Vincent, in 2018, and uh, but I got to say something at this point because it's really sad how this whole thing's uh, wound up. The Magic Book, the Kiss fan made book that's coming out. Have oh, you yeah. have you been following this whole uh, debacle? No, I do remember. Let's see. We met them down in Atlanta at the Vinnie Vincent yeah. thing. They were nice, nice guys. They were super cool. Um, seemed really cool. And then uh, they were tr- getting people to sign up for a book. And, yeah, it was mm-hmm. magic. It seemed like a really cool thing. I was looking forward to coming out. Um, if I remember right, I think they were getting people to, like, pay it, buy it up front. And then you, yeah. you, you put your money down today. You get it when it comes out. I don't know. I'm not real big on doing that. I I just said, right. you know, hey, when it comes out, I'll get a copy, you know. So I right. never gave well, no money for it. But it seemed like a really cool book, and I was, I think when it came out, I was going to buy it, but I haven't heard never nothing more about it. Well, the people that we met at the expo was the author, Ross Radley. Okay, yeah, Ross. I remember Ross. And at the time, Scott Davis, who was going to be the like the graphic designer for it, and Scott, you know, like a year or two ago, dropped off the project. And uh, Ross has been uh, continuing to push it. But the thing is, this thing started like he did a Kickstarter for it back in 2015. So this thing was kind of old at the time we met them in Atlanta. So like basically this book, if it ever comes out, is going to be like the ultimate kiss book. So it's like. It's it covers the first ten years of the band seventy three to eighty three basically the early makeup period okay and it's like a daily like it's a daily diary of basically what they were doing each day oh wow with with lots of unreleased photos yeah and Ross used to go by this uh, person named Abuser name on Kiss FAQ and like Ross is like a genius at dating and you know telling telling you details about photos. He could look at a photo of a kiss of a kiss concert and say, "This happened at Sam Houston Coliseum in Houston, Texas, you know, April fourth, nineteen seventy six, or whatever." Wow! Yeah, like nice. he's that good. He's that good at identifying that stuff. So that caused a lot of people to have belief in him in this project because he was like, "I'm going to put together the ultimate kiss book about the first ten years of the band." 
And I mean, I, you and I were both caught up in the whole mania of this because, like, we met him in Atlanta in 2018, and it was it seemed like the great. It, like, if this ever comes out, it's going to be the greatest Kiss book ever. Yeah. So, and I even remember telling my wife, and I think it was in 2019. I'm like, get this for me for Christmas. Thank God she's a procrastinator and didn't do it <laughs> because it never. It still has yet to come out to this day. Oh, wow, it still hasn't come out. It. It hasn't come out, and like, and like, because it's, it's been so long, I totally forgot all about it. But I remember seeing what they had as far as promo stuff that day, and I was pretty blown away by it all. Yeah, they had like a little sampler, like package thing that you know to kind of give you an idea of what the book was going to be. And I and I was even sold then. I'm like, damn, this looks really good. And my wife didn't order it for me, and there was a couple times I was close to ordering it for myself, but for some reason I kept telling myself, no, don't order it yet. So and what what happened? I mean, what's the deal with it? So, you know, I've I've been following it a lot on Facebook and on um Kiss FAQ and well, I guess uh, let, me, let me ask you this. If it started yeah. back in twenty fifteen with the Kickstarter. Right. It and it failed on the Kickstarter. Okay, so how does that work? So he did a Kickstarter and I don't remember what the, the goal was, the amount of money he needed, but it didn't make it. It made it like maybe two thirds of the way. And it failed. And then he stopped for like, he didn't do anything. He didn't mention it for like a little over a year. And then I think in 20, maybe 2017, he came back and he, he said, I'm just going to do it myself and I'm taking pre-orders. So he started taking pre-orders for it and he raised like $250,000 for this book. Oh, nice. Through, through people ordering it. So that's wow. Yeah, people are excited about this book. Oh yeah, and thanks to Julian Gill at KSFAQ, he he's he put together like a great list of stuff, and I'm using it as reference for this because so here we go. Twenty fifteen in June of twenty fifteen, he did the Kickstarter. He launched it with a hundred thousand dollar goal, okay. and then in July it failed at forty five thousand. So he got about halfway there. So if you do a Kickstarter with your goal being a hundred thousand and you only raise forty five thousand of it. You don't get none of that money then? It's you over? None of, through Kickstarter, you get none of it. So then it goes back to the people. goes back to the people. Okay, so he says, all right, that didn't work. Now what? So then in 20, July of 2018, he started doing pre-orders. That's like I'm looking three at years the, later. Yeah, Julian's doing the timeline. And then in August of 2018, just a month later, he had he had, he had set a funding goal for 125000 and he met the goal. Okay. In September of 2018, he announced that 1,066 products were pre-ordered for a total of $182,000 revenue. Nice. Then in January of 2019, he delayed it to June of 2019. At that time, he was supposed to deliver that book in, like, December, and then he delayed it to June of 2019. Okay. Then in March of 2019... He says the, the deluxe editions were sold out, which is a thousand copies, and then he later made a hundred more available. So there are eleven hundred copies out there somewhere that people actually got. No, these are just sold out of pre-orders. Oh, there still hasn't been a book delivered. Hmm. So then, in May of 2019, he delayed it again to September or October of 2019. Okay. August, he delayed it to Christmas of 2019. October of 2019, he said Christmas 2019, unlikely. Oh, man. Then in December of 2019, he said, unless I die, Magic will be released in 2020, hopefully in the spring. Okay. Then April of 2020, he says, delay to May, of June, May and June of 2020. 
in May, he comes back and he goes, no, it'll now be August or September of 2020. So then August comes around for 2020. He says, no, it's delayed till October of 2020. Oh, man. People got to be getting pretty pissed off at this point. So then October comes around, mid-October, and he goes, no, it's delayed to being wrapped up by early January 2021. Dang. Then in December of 2020, he goes, I hope to be shipping in March of 2021. Okay, good, good. Then January 2021 comes around, and he says, this has been delayed till January 31st. Then January 30th of 2021, this year, he says, I'm hopeful that we'll only take until the beginning of April to get everything done. And he got, at that time, he says, now it's going to be 600 plus pages instead of 500. Oh, man, Ross Radley, you're the Axl Rose of Kiss books. Right. So then April of this year comes around. And he says, early April has passed. And even the, the Julian says, early April has passed. And even the crickets have given up chirping. Dang. So then April 22nd, he says, not shipping until May of 2021. Oh, wow. So <laughs> And that, br- wait, I'm not done. Oh, no, there's more? <laughs> so then April 28th, which is about a week ago, he send, puts an update and says, work continues on the book, and if all goes to plan, Magic should be ready to ship in mid-August. The, the quote, if all goes to plan part is why I can't be more specific about a release date. Lots of unforeseen obstacles can and do get in the way and slow my progress considerably. No matter what, I continue forward with the same determination as always. I will update again when there is something significant to report. That's okay, but then he goes, Please do not use this page to vent your anger or frustration. Those who attack, badger, or ridicule me will be immediately banned. I have put up with this kind of behavior for a long time, but no more. Thank you, Ross Radley. Oh, man, I hate to say it, dude, but you're kind of asking for it. That's where he went wrong. Yeah, you you really you took if you took my money and all this time and all this has gone down, I'm gonna badger your ass. I'm gonna be bugging you, going, hey, give me my fucking book or give me back my money. You know, do it or don't. You know, one or the other. No more delays. Yeah, yeah because I mean, even if we give him the benefit of the doubt for the Kickstarter failing in July of 2015. If you just say, okay, your pre-order started in July of 2018, we're a couple of months away from it being three years yeah. since you started taking money for this thing, dude. So and if do you think maybe it's something that he's maybe a perfectionist and keeps adding to this book because he thinks he can make it better, thinks he can make it better, and, you know, pushes like, oh, no, I, I could add this, you know, and I could add this in there now, and but that's going to mess everything up in my timeline. But, man, I got to put it in there because it would make the book so much better. And by the time he's at the end, he's added 600 freaking pages because he can't eat. When you're making something like this, I got to imagine you want it to be perfect. And in the mind of somebody, maybe like Ross, you know, kind of like, like I've made the joke with Axl Rose, Chinese democracy. You tweak it, you tweak it, you tweak it because you want it to be perfect. But in your mind, you'll never be able to reach your own perception of perfection. And so at some point, man, you got to stop and say, okay, I have to accept this for what it is and I have to release it. I mean, think it could be something like that. I mean, I think that's one thing, like, because, I mean, early on during, while he, because I, I followed the updates on this as time went on, and, like, at one point he he mentioned something about 
you know, after uh, he hit the funding goal, he got offered a treasure trove of really cool photos he wanted to include. And that's yeah. fine and all. But there was also, there's a lot of weird things. Like Ross has never put a book out. There's like a, and a program called InDesign that you lay out a book on and he's shown quote unquote sample pages, but like those sample pages include like included like dummy text. So there wasn't like actual text on them. And he's like, here's 50 completed pages of this book. And there's text that's bullshit. It's not even real text. And then I've heard rumors that the guy that Scott Davis, who was the original designer backed out of the project because he had only received X amount of pages from Ross to work on stuff and then also you know that but then like there's also theories out there and i'm not going to say who put them out there but that ross is you know kind of a hoarder of you know rare kiss photos and like if you go to like there's a historian's facebook group where ross seems to have no shortage of time to go on there and correctly date and say what venue these photos were taken at and it's like why are you doing all this with this time instead of working on the book, dude? Yeah. And like the, these are all photos that you probably include in your book, but if the book's about to come out, why would you give that information away for free on a Facebook group? You know, there's a, a lot of sketchy hmm. stuff going on and I like Ross. He seemed certainly nice to me in Atlanta, but like I knew something was kind of up because in 2018, I, 2018 and 2019, I offered this guy, a free vendor table at rock and pod because I wanted him to come with the book. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, you have a free, you have a free table. If you want to come and promote magic, because I want to see you promote it. And also he went on three sides who most of, you know, we're not a fan of. And those guys ridiculed him for it, for this. And I wanted so badly to see him basically put it back in their face, but Hey, I'll admit it publicly. They were right about this because there's something sketchy about this going on. The fact that this book hasn't been delivered right now, you can't really blame them for saying something's up here. Yeah, at this point, you know, even if you look at July of 2018, that's just too long. You know, if I learned anything about the work that I do, it's that you under promise, but then you over deliver. You know, and that's the key to success with something like this. You under-promise and over-deliver so that at the end, when people get their product, hey, I got it early, you know? How great is that instead of all this, you know? And Ross, if that's the case, I mean, if if you're just trying to make it as amazing as it possibly can be, that's great. You know, I can dig that. You know, you this is something you're putting your name on, and it's going to be something that a lot of KISS fans are going to own. So you want it to be absolutely 100%, but you got to remember, you're a human being. You've never written a book before. If what's going on here is that you're trying to chase perfection, at this point, man, you just got to say, I can't do no more. It's time to put it together and get it in the hands of the people that gave you their hard-earned money for something that you promised them. And this book, by the looks of it, on paper, everything looks like this could be one of the greatest kiss books of all time. But at some point, you got to stop. You know, maybe later you can come out with a deluxe edition or something. But right now, you got to stay true to your obligation and give the people what they paid for or give them their money back. 
and apologize and, you know, figure out a way to put out the book on your own so that people can just, here's the cash, here's your book, you know. This is why I don't do the Kickstarter a whole lot, and this is why I don't do a whole lot of pre-ordering is because things like this can happen. I like to wait until it's out and then pay the money for it because there's there shouldn't be no issue with getting the product because it's already completed. Yeah, well, I mean, the, and this is part of why I wanted to kind of speak out on this because, you know, I love his heart and I love where he's and his intentions come from, but he's also hurting a lot of people that are creators that are using, you know, sites like Kickstarter and GoFundMe to do their projects. And, and I'm one of them, you know, I don't, we don't use GoFundMe to do rock and pot anymore, but for the first two years we did. And, you know, this is one of the things that it puts a black eye on those of us that are trying to do things on the legit side, you know, like, um, you know, it's making people go, well, I'm never going to donate to something like this because I don't want to get screwed like Ross did to me. Just like I just and, said, um, yeah, the same reason I don't do it is because you can't always 100% trust it. And when it comes to money, I need to know for sure that it's a good deal. Sure. And that's and that's more than fair. But it's just like, you know, you know, deliver on your promise. You know, like I've put on this will be my third event since he launched pre-orders that I've put on from start to finish from the ground up. And it's like, come on, man, let's get this done. But the biggest thing I have a problem with is like people that are genuinely well-intentioned people that backed him financial. Like, I don't have a dog in this hunt, neither do you, Aaron, but I'm kind of speaking for the people that actually, you know, plunk down their money for this. And they're questioning in a polite way saying, you know, why, why is this keep getting delayed and what's going on? And they're getting banned and blocked from the magic you know, Facebook page. And it's like, once you start blocking people for asking legitimate questions and you're not providing real updates other than it's going to be another three months, which is all you've done for the last two years, then, you know, that, that comes off very, you know, sketchy. You make yourself look like a con artist, you know? And if you're talking about, you know, over a thousand products pre-ordered, that's a lot of people that are going to be upset. You know, you can't, don't screw over your fellow KISS fans. You know, the reason that they supported you in this is because one, they want this amazing book. Two, they love Kiss. And three, they believed in you, you know? So it's either, it's time to either, you know, it's never too late to say I'm sorry and give the money back. If that's, if that's really what it is, it's more honorable to take the hit and say, you know what? I fucked up. I thought I could do this, and I can't. I can't. I just. I thought I could. I can't. You know, I'm gonna give you your money back. I wish there was more I could do. I'm sorry. And you know, people are either gonna forgive you or they're not. And you're gonna have to get on with your life and know that you know maybe your intentions were the best, but you just in the end couldn't pull it off. You know, that's the tough thing about doing a Kickstarter as well. You talk about people donating to a Kickstarter. That's what's tough about starting something like that, too. Your intentions might be great. You know, if I had the money, I could do this. But then know that once you get that money, you're obligated to follow through. At this point, I think people yeah. would either rather hear you say, I'm sorry, and give it back, or and then just kind of go away and never try, never mention writing a book again, or just come out with the damn thing. Just release yeah, it. I mean, just release it as it is. There needs to be a resolution soon either way. I think that's the hardest thing for people is they just feel like they're being kind of 
the carrot keeps dangling in front of them, and yeah. they're like, "Come on, man, let's let's do this," you know. And I, it it bums me out to even cover this because I wanted to buy this book so badly, and I want to see it happen because you know, and Ross knows his stuff, but I. I couldn't avoid covering it anymore because it's just like it, it really bugs me seeing this happen. But, you know, hopefully he can get the book out and rectify this situation. But either way, the lack of transparency has been a huge problem. Well, I mean, he has been updating every couple of months. <laughs> well, he, he basically every couple of months he goes, it's going to be three more yeah. months. And it's like, well, that's not really an update. No, but when you but, the answer, the question would be why? Why is it going to be a couple more months? Why is it going to be a couple couple? Well, more that's what months? people want to know. And, They're like, what exactly yeah, is holding so you back? What, yeah, I don't know. He seemed passionate about it when we met him in Atlanta. He seemed like he oh, was sure. all about it. You know, he didn't seem like a scammer to me. Like this was set up to rip people off. I don't think he set out to be that way, but it's one of those things where the way he's acting now with banning people from asking legitimate questions about it. Don't, it's not looking don't good. be a Vinnie Vincent. Nobody Please likes don't. that. Yeah. You see how well yeah. it worked out for him. He's playing for six people for the last time at the end of the month. Don't Vinnie Vincent people. And I will, uh, if this book comes out, I will champion it to no end, but, I mean, let, let's make it happen, dude. I mean, I, I don't know if this is going to help in any way or stage anybody's fears, but uh, I just felt that it needed to be addressed because it's a big deal to a lot of friends of mine that are KISS fans, yeah. and, you know, and I, I wanted to see the book come out because I want to buy it myself. Yeah, me too. It seemed pretty awesome that time we talked to him about it. So I guess, you know, yeah. keep us updated. I'd like to see how this all plays out. Yeah, hopefully uh, the next time we do this, we'll have a better update for people. But uh, you know what, Ross? When you do get your shit together and you do get this book out, then you come on the show, then you tell the story. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> I'm not crazy about how he's handled it so far. No, but, but know, it's never too late time. to fix it. You know, you still yeah. have the power in your hands to fix all of this. Yeah. You can do it. Quit messing around. So that's what's going on in the world of Kiss. Um, excited for these movies, you know. Yeah. Skeptically excited, but yeah. uh, I'll be cautiously optimistic. Hopefully, Ace and Peter get their due, and uh, maybe Mark's Ace and Peter should get their own movies. That'd be cool. The solo movies. Works for me. Catman on the Spaceman. Yeah. The Adventures of. <laughs> but now there was so much going on with Kit the Kiss World that I figured that kind of warranted an episode. So a uh, new noise with the Kiss and the S and noise and the stylized of uh, Kiss. And it's not even July or nothing yet. And we got more coming for that too. Right on. Sounds good, man. I guess we'll get on out of here. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Go to rockandpod.com. Check us out. Come hang out with us this summer. Check out Pantheon Podcasts. Lots of great stuff on there, and even Cobras and Fire, too. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought about space in my cramped apartment, but in this house, all I see is empty space. The sofa and ottoman look like tiny islands in a sea of hardwood floors. I could get two ottomans in the living room, but then I'd need another sofa. I could tell people I'm into minimalism. 
Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers.